Welcome to the front porch with Brian Beaudry. Hello, everyone. I'm Brian Beaudry, uh, producer of the Point of Rentals for the Front Porch podcast, and I'm here with a legend of the rental industry, uh, <laughs> former CEO of All Star Rents, and a fellow pointer now, John Wooten. Hi, John. Hello there. Nice to see you. Um, so when you were on a podcast with Sean earlier, you mentioned that you had three tips for maximizing sales or clo your closing rate on the phone. And I want to say, first of all, great job of teasing. Make people want more for the next episode. So we're doing this webinar and I'd like to get the information on those tips. So what are some of the things someone can do to maximize their closing opportunities on a call on a phone call? Sure. Yeah, let's get into that. I, I want to talk a little bit first about just my passion around the phones, phone skills in general, because I think good phone skills can't be overlooked in, a, in, a, in an effective rental sales effort. Um, I used to say that 80% of your business comes through the phone, uh, certainly new business. In these days with the COVID going on, it's, it's definitely 100% of your business is coming through the phone. And, and, and for new business, it's your last chance for that first impression. So it is your chance to differentiate yourself from your competitors. If, if you have customers that are calling around, getting quotes from different uh, companies, it's, it's the time you have to differentiate yourself and make a difference. And I've listened to hundreds, if not thousands of phone calls. We, we had an extensive coaching program uh, at All Star, and previous to that, when I was with Rentex, we did we did call coaching. Um, so I'm I'm passionate about it. I I really believe that uh, good phone skills can make a difference in your bottom line. Um, and the number, and I I can tell right off. I can call any rental company. Any, everybody on this webinar can you can call any company. You know right away whether they care about their customer service and their sales efforts. So, uh, and the the very first thing for me is. Do not be a rate quoter. Uh, that's the number one thing. A rate quoter simply, a, a lot of people call and ask for the rate. A lot of people call and just ask about an item and they're not even asking for the rate, but we feel compelled to give them the rate. Um, that seems to be ingrained in a lot of uh, sales efforts on, at the rental counters. And if you're just quoting a rate, it, it ends with, okay, thanks. And, and the call could definitely end at that point. And yeah, I know if I were a sales guy, that's that's probably what I would be doing, which is why they don't let me do sales. Yeah, inside sales uh, guys uh, and gals, they're very proud about how they can memorize rates. And boy, you can throw a piece of equipment out and they'll quote a rate just like that. Problem is, then the call ends. And it, rather than just being a rate quoter, what's important for salespeople to know, and that's what you are. If you work the counter, if you're answering the phone, you are a salesperson. It's not like a used car salesperson. There's no hard sells here. Um, there's just some skills uh, that result in that what you're really looking for, which is the reservation. And, and what employees need to understand is they can drive the call. They can take control of the call and take it where it needs to go, which is towards the reservation. Okay. So if they're not just quoting rates and they're driving the call, how, how should they drive the call? Any rate to me, what I've always taught is that any rate comes at a price and that price is information. And so rather than if, when they ask for a rental rate or, or ask about a piece of equipment and you feel compelled to um, give them a rental rate, what you should do instead is ask some questions. And it, what you really wanna do is ask them about their job, their event, uh, whatever it is they're calling about. 
Uh, it does a few things. One, it puts the control of the call into your hands and you can validate exactly what they want, qualify the piece of equipment, because sometimes they think they know what they want, but they don't really know what they want. Or you might have a solution that they don't even know about. And then it gives you details about the project or the event, um, which allows you to find opportunities for upsell and things like that. Also, by by inquiring and asking about the job, it, it demonstrates your care. It starts to develop a relationship with the customer. The phone call doesn't have to be very long. And you can actually develop a pretty good relationship with the customer uh, by showing concern and care about what they're doing, uh, what their event is, what their project is. And then um, sometimes I think most importantly, it, this is your opportunity to establish your credibility as a rental professional uh, by asking the right questions. Um, so there's a lot of customer service in there, but if you weave that together in a strategic way, it's really about getting to the end, which is a reservation on your books, which is the most important thing. So say I'm a kind of impatient person and I just want to call and, and get a rate. Uh, basically, how do you get through this quickly enough that you're not going to upset me, the uh, impatient yeah. person? There's lots of different callers out there, um, different yeah. levels. And I think... I think if you're if you earnestly are looking to qualify the the equipment and you're not asking a bunch of extraneous questions, you're you're asking the specific questions to make sure what they're asking for or what their project is is what it is, and uh, you're you're getting to the end. What I've found is if you take control of the call, you can get done in two minutes. The longest calls I've listened to are the ones where the customer just rambles on and, and is asking all sorts of questions that really don't get us any closer to what they really need and what they're really doing. Uh, and I've heard more customers just ramble on and ask all sorts of crazy questions. And those calls take a lot longer than if you take control of the call. It's not like we have to, we need a lot of questions answered. How big, how wide, how deep, how tall, how heavy, all these different things. Now, event rental calls are completely different. Uh, by nature, event rental calls, unless they're getting a table and 10 chairs, they can be you know, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, multiple calls leading up to the event. So I guess, you know, as far as call length, making a making an effort and controlling the call, to me, in my experience, takes less time than letting the customer control the call. Okay, we got a question in chat. Do you have a qualifying question list that you reference or? You know, no, I I, I think, you know, with the with equipment, I think you can. Um, yeah. It's not that you, you, that's not that that's a bad idea. I think one of the challenges around qualifying questions, I think for the event rental industry, it might make a little bit more sense. Um, there's just so many, you know, with tool rental, there's thousands of, hundreds of projects for hundreds of products for thousands of uses. Yeah. And so you have to really rely on, on your staff to know. Um, having said that, you know, you can, I know at least with point of rental, you can build leading questions into, items and ask certain things like, is it, you know, are they going on grass or dirt or rock or things like that? So you can help qualify a little bit and you could, you could have a cheat sheet for sure. Uh, we, we never did that. We just relied on training, training our staff the best way possible. Okay. So let's say we get through the whole process. You, you've qualified me. You, you got me to spill the goods. I, I told you everything about my project. Yeah. Are you, and you're willing to give me a rate. Uh, how do you make sure that that goes beyond just being a, an elaborate rate quote process? Right. So once you, you've established exactly what they need and, and you know, you know, you're quoting the right thing. Uh, I always like to 
quote the rate and then end with a simple phrase, how does that sound? Now you can't answer how does that sound with yes or no. It, what it does is it extends the conversation past that. And it doesn't matter what they say. They can... Uh, so if they say like, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, that's way more than the last guy I called. Yeah, so great. Uh, so that gives you an opportunity to counter objections. So if, if they say, oh, I, I'll say this. Most of the time people say, yeah, sounds good to me. Uh, you'd be surprised how little rate really matters, to be yeah. honest with you. Granted, there's customers out there that they'll drive, you know, 20 miles to save $3. But I think most customers, you know, they know about what the rate's going to be. They just want, want to make sure it's in that ballpark. And, and rate isn't that big of a deal, but there are some people it's a huge deal. So, so ask them, how does that sound? And if they say, oh, you guys are way more than the other guys say, well, what do you think would be fair? It, you know, then it gets into what are your policies and procedures around matching rates? What's your utilization? Uh, things like that. But what it, what it doesn't do, if, if you just gave them the rate, now you're back to being a rate quoter. They say, okay, thanks. Bye. And they're gone. But when you say, well, how does that sound? And if they say, yeah, sounds good to me then you can move on to the next step or, you know, or if they say too much, then you can counter their objections. So it just keeps the conversation going. And you mentioned uh, in our previous conversation that there's that possibility of them being a little too eager to accept your rate where it's like, Oh yeah, that's way better than like everything else I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they come back and go, well, you guys are really cheap, you know, and then boy, there's a note to take. For later on and maybe we need to increase our rates you know on that piece of equipment if they're calling around and we're the cheapest guy in town you never want to be the cheapest guy in town if you're not losing rate if you're not losing rentals because your rates high every now and then then your rates are probably too low so it's okay to lose a rental on rate every now and then maybe easier to say you know two months ago than this today i don't think anybody wants to lose yeah. any rental today but you know i think i like to call it the rate the rate sandwich you know, it's two questions on either side with the rate in the middle. And so you're asking about their job and you're qualifying it. You give them the rate and you say, how does that sound? And so it, it doesn't give them that, that opportunity to say, okay, thanks. Bye. Once they get yeah. the rate. Okay. So you mentioned, you know, you get to that part where you're asking, how does it sound? Uh, they say, all right, cool. That sounds good to me. What, what's your next steps? The, the next step is probably the most important thing. And that's to ask for the business. Um, you just, you just need to ask for the business and, and take it from there. And it doesn't have to be, you know, it's not a hard sell. Um, if you did everything on the front end, you know, and you know more about their job, it could be something as simple as, okay, so you, I know you're looking for that for this weekend. Should I reserve that for you for Friday night or Saturday morning? And again, it's a, it's a question that they can't answer no to. And, um, you know, I want to give a hat tip to Josh Nickel, a colleague of ours a compatriot in the rental business of ours, X-Pointer. Um, he had a, a deal this last week where he talked about this very thing. And I, I couldn't agree more in when he said that by simply asking for the business, you increase your, your reservations per phone call from 30% to 60%. I read that and I, I just nodded my head because I've been doing this long enough and been coaching calls long enough and been listening to enough calls. If you ask for the business, it definitely, I, I would almost argue it's more than from 30 to 60, but that's definitely a good starting point. So the third thing is to ask for the business and, and you do that just by saying, okay, when can I reserve that for you? Uh, Aaron's asking, how can you turn a call around from the customer, obviously just going down a competitor's price list and wanting your prices on several items? Well, I think, you know, 
I think if they're going down a laundry list and, and asking just for a lot of quotes, it, it depends on your structure. And it, you know, when I was with All Star, that to me is something where I would get an outside salesperson involved because now it's probably not just a backyard project. Sounds like more like a contractor getting bids for a bigger project. And I would get an outside sales rep involved, uh, get a face-to-face, -face, something like that. If they really just want to go through a laundry list um, and, and get your rates, you know, not every call can be perfect. Uh, not every call can, you know, go through a script. In fact, I, I don't like scripts. I like hitting certain points, you know, around establishing relationships, getting to know about their job, uh, asking for the business and, and developing a relationship. But not every call can be like that. So again, as you quote the rates, if you throw out the, how does that sound? I think being perfectly upfront, if you know that that's what they're doing, I have, I, I have no problem with saying right up front, well, it sounds like you're shopping around and you're looking for the best rates. You know, tell me, you know, you can go right into, tell me a little bit about your project. What is this going, what is going on? And, and acknowledge that what they're doing, because there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, we all shop around. Uh, so there's nothing wrong with doing that. It's uh, so acknowledge it and, uh, do your best to counter their objections and uh, get the business. Try to get back in that driver's seat for the business. Cause the, the people they called that they have the other prices from, they may have just quoted the rate and got off the phone. If you're yeah. demonstrating your expertise and showing, you know, being knowledgeable and saying, how does that sound? And, and being better than yeah. your competitor, you may get the business even if you're a little more. I mean, if they're calling you, then obviously they didn't already reserve it there. So, right, <laughs> right. But you're saying I have a chance. Yeah. How how do you kind of maintain this whole process as you go forward? So, like, you can teach your sales staff to go along with these steps, but how do you make sure that you continue to do it? Real quick, I want to answer to Matt by outside yeah. sales guy. I mean, yeah, like a road salesman, somebody that stops at job sites, um, and and you know, in this environment, maybe that sales rep calls them. But I guess my point was that if somebody's calling with a laundry list of a lot of rates for a lot of pieces of equipment, sounds like a contractor to me, or if it's an event and they're going down a number of things, um, you know, you can have your inside sales rep, give them a call anyway. So yes, that's what I meant by a different, a different level of sales rep than at the counter. And that's just the way we structured it at all start. Um, the people at the counter may be perfectly capable of taking that call and fielding it. And so I just went down a rabbit hole. Yeah, we're getting back to uh, basically how do you can ensure that this like process continues? How do you build on it instead of you just teach your salespeople and then you just say, well, I hope they keep doing it. How do you make sure that they continue? Well, you know, the, the, the number one thing around that is that the leader or manager owner of the business does, does this. If the leader, manager, owner of the business that's working the counter as well isn't following these kinds of steps, uh, it, you literally have no chance of the staff doing it. I, I rarely see staff going above and beyond what the owner or manager is doing. Um, not that it doesn't happen. Absolutely, yeah. it happens all the time. But you're much more likely to get buy-in and get people doing what you want them to do if when you answer the phone as an owner or manager, you're doing exactly what you expect them to do. If you're not, then that's just demonstrating that you don't have a lot of, you don't really buy into it yourself. So yeah, I was going to say as a non-owner, it's, it's tough to really buy in. If you see the boss isn't trying that hard, why should I be trying harder than the person who owns this place? 
Right. <laughs> like I feel like if you own it, then you probably care about it the most. Yeah, and people tend to mimic. People just tend to mimic the leader of the pack, you know, so to speak. So, yeah. Um, if if they're demonstrating that, then that's a good thing to do. Another another scenario that I want to bring up is is that happens a lot is people say, "Well, I'm just calling around for prices right now. Um, I I'm, I don't I don't even know if I'm going to do the job, but we're thinking about having this party, but we're not sure. We're really just getting prices." Hey, that's also me. I, I want to <laughs> yeah. come. Yeah, no, that stuff happens all the time. And so, you know, that, that kind of throws out the idea of, oh, well, should I reserve that for you Friday or Saturday? That's not really a thing now. Um, but what it is an opportunity to do is demonstrate how easy it is to do business with your company. Instead of asking for the business at that point, you'd say, well, yeah, I understand you, you may or may not do the job, but I just want to let you know that when it is time and you are ready to do it, uh, if you plan, if you decide to do, move forward on it, what you really want to do is make sure you call ahead and reserve the equipment. If you do reserve, I really quick rabbit hole. Uh, I actually did a project this last weekend and uh, I'm new to this area, the DFW Metroplex. And uh, I needed two things. Nobody res makes reservations here. It's the weirdest thing. And it's the most frustrating thing as a consumer to the rental product is to not be able to make a reservation. One of them was Home Depot. So Home Depot doesn't take reservations, yeah. uh, apparently. And then the other is a local uh, independent but neither of them took reservations. Absolutely frustrating. So if you're not, if you aren't taking reservations, I, I encourage you to question why you really do that. And are there things you can do to make reservations palatable? I, I understand the no call, no show folks, but there's things you can do to help that. Anyway, out of that rabbit hole. So when people say, um, yeah, I don't want to do it now. You say, well, just make sure you call ahead and reserve the equipment uh, and then explain to them how easy it is to do business with you. And especially these days, you should be having things like WebPay and eSign, uh, especially in this environment. Uh, so explain to, explain to people how, you know, if, if they want to, because we used to get this all the time. Somebody would call, they want to reserve and pay for the equipment and have somebody else pick it up. Well, uh, WebPay and eSign are perfect for that. Um, we did it, we were doing it, using it before COVID. Um, and it's just, it's just a better way of doing business. Uh, any, anytime you can make your, make it easier to do business with your company, uh, I think the better off you'll be. And if you have a hard time, uh, telling people your policies and procedures on how to rent from you, then I would encourage you to get your team together and figure out how to like, you know, one click Amazon, your business, not that you're going to get to a one click Amazon, maybe. Find out what it what is it about your policies and procedures, and, and are they really necessary? Are you doing it because well, that's the way we've always done it? Because you just got to make it easy to do business with you. So if you've done all of those things, if you've uh, not been a rate quoter, asked all the right questions, how does that sound? Demo, you know, and, and been the leader and demonstrated those abilities. Uh, I think it makes a big difference. And in this in these times. We just have fewer opportunities. I mean, I've heard varying stories, uh, you know, tool stores aren't yeah. quite as bad off, but certainly the event rental people are, are hurting big time. The phone is just not ringing. And so when it does, it's important to do everything you can to get every, every deal. For sure. All right. So would you recommend cold calling contractors during the COVID uh, situation? And if so, what's the best way to go about it? Yeah, I think cold calling, you know, uh, you know, we used to call it dialing for dollars. So by strict cold calling, that that to me indicates a, cust a contractor you've never done business with before. 
So that's the definition of a cold call. They don't know, you don't know them, they don't know you. So I think anytime's a good time for cold calling. It's probably, you know, some of the least favorite things <laughs> that a lot of sales reps like to do is that cold call. But I think anytime is a good time for a cold call. And, and I think calling them is the way to do it these days. I think you show up, start knocking on somebody's office door if they're there. Um, I, I think, you know, you better step back 10 feet before they open the door. Or else yeah, people weird. don't like it when people show up with like masks <laughs> on at their house. <laughs> You're right. Masks, <laughs> masks and gloves at, your, at the door to your office. So, yeah, absolutely. Cold calling is great. We used to just Google plumbers in your market and you just start dialing people, you know, and it, what you can do one, you know, a good cold call script, so to speak uh, for this time would be, Hey, we are open. We are an essential business. Uh, we have delivery. We have e-sign. We have web pay. Uh, you know, we, we can do, we are set up to do business remotely. Uh, and take care of your needs without having to, uh, you know, interchange in a close environment. So, yeah, that's one of the things like as a consumer that I'm concerned about now is like if I'm going and looking for places, I see like their Google hours or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know if these are yeah. valid anymore. So, yeah, yeah, no. And I think I think I was looking at something the other day, a similar thing. And, and Google was saying, you know, hours may be subject to COVID-19 changes or something so yeah good idea letting them know about that yeah and i think you know is to expand on the cold calling i think um you're definitely calling your existing customers and touching base with them and ensuring them that you know you're you're there you're open you can provide whatever they need you know and even your event cust the event companies as well i think there's a lot of opportunity to, to make those what else are you going to do right um <laughs> if, if the door if it's slow uh, you can at least call and just have a conversation. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, I know. Obviously, you, you know, you're not having any events right now. You know, you yeah. can call your caterers and all these things. You can commiserate a little bit, uh, but let them know that you're there. Uh, you're itching to get back to business. Uh, you'll be there when when it opens up and just and just use the time to establish. Use that phone and the time to uh, maintain those relationships. Right? It's time well spent. Yeah, good call. Thank you for joining me, John. Yeah, my pleasure. Hopefully some people got a couple nuggets to take back to their business and uh, maybe have a meeting with their staff and, and, and uh, talk about ways to take some of this on. Thanks everyone for attending. Have a good one.